I gotta talk about the New York football giants and their week one win. Wait, what? Week one win? Yeah, those three words all in, all next to each other. Week and then one and then win. All three. And it's true. It's true. It's not fake news. It happened. It's been five long years. Last time it happened, I, I had uh, just gotten married. Oh boy, it's five years. Doesn't sound like a long time, but hot shit, man. Hot shit. A lot of stuff can happen in five years. Uh, not a lot has happened in the win column for the New York football giants, but they got in the win column against the Tennessee freaking Titans. Who? Last year, I think 12 and 5 record, and maybe the number one seed in the AFC, not really sure. Upset by the Bengals in the divisional round. Um, we went into Nashville, where I proposed to my, my ex, sorry, my daughter's mother, and uh, we stole a victory. We escaped with the dub feels good it, it's it's not normal how much that fucking team that franchise affects my mood let's talk giants I'm proud i went into the season especially after they cut blake martinez i was like holy fuck this is the first time in a very long time that i did i don't think no like i i originally had them the wins total was seven and a half i had the over i initially looked at the schedule i said we're going 10 i mean this was when the schedule first released in like march or may or whatever the hell it was and i was like you can see us going 10 and 7 9 and 8 you know getting a, being in the hunt for the wild card then training camp happens. Galladay looks like poop. Aaron Robinson looks like dookie. Tony's not even practicing. Thibodeau's a little banged up. It just felt like everything, you know, there's word about Daniel Jones throwing pick after pick in practice and looking bad. And it's just like Darius Slayton, is rumors of him getting traded or cut. And it's just like, oh man. Like, I don't understand how we, it feels like we upgraded the roster over 2021. And you're saying to yourself, it can't get worse than 2021. But here we are where I'm thinking to myself, and then you watch the preseason and you're just like, I don't think we're going to win a goddamn game this year. But then you say to yourself, at least I did. Oh, it's a rebuild. I get it. It's a rebuild. This is what an actual rebuild is. You have to start. You have to blow it up and start at the first brick one by one. I get it now. I get it. And then you look at the schedule and you're like, oh, well, that's a winnable game. Oh, well, that's a winnable game. Oh, that could be a W. That, I mean, how could that not be a W? And then you talk yourself into five, six wins. You're like, fuck. But like, that's still, we're not going to get like the top pick. Like we had f- pick number five and we, we missed on two people that we would have loved. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if we're going to rebuild, let's rebuild and get that number one pick. But you still, no matter how much, like that's why I, I could never fully approve of tanking and trusting the process. Like I could never do that. I, I couldn't do it when they were 0 and 8 or 0 and 7 in 2013. I couldn't, I couldn't get on board with it. Like when we were talking about uh, that Giants Redskins, uh, sorry, Giants R words, <laughs> Giants Commanders game. From 2018 or 2019, when like Chase Young, oh yeah, it was 2019. We ended up like winning when we should have lost because then we would have got the earlier pick, which means we could have got Chase Young. Instead, we got Andrew Thomas. Boo fucking who? Andrew Thomas is like the top, one of the top five offensive tackles in the league right now. If not top three, not even the top one, dude. So whatever. I just can't, I can't fully get get on with the, the tanking. But God damn it. Even in a rebuild, even when I know we should be tanking, I still want to see some kind of like positive positive signs that we're moving in the right direction and that we have something to build on as opposed to, oh, I guess like, sure, Dable and Shane brought in their guys, but it's not their team yet. Like they don't feel like they can have their full control or stamp on it because of all the transgressions from Judge and Shermer and McAdoo and Gettleman, primarily Gettleman. You know, it was tough watching James Bradbury take a pick six. You know, it was was tough because it was like, oh, he should be on the Giants. And if he were on the Giants, we wouldn't be um, literally taking tinkling in her panties about Aaron Robinson. It wouldn't be non-factor. 
So that was rough. But that first half, I was just like, like your worst fears are confirmed. The offense can't move the ball three and out. Jones getting pressured or, you know, succumbing to the pressure and not being able to stand, withstand the pressure and make the correct throw. You know, our O-line looking worse than ever. Tony not playing at all. And you're like, what the hell's going there? Darius Slayton is completely inactive, healthy scratch. And you Richie James is like getting all the targets. You're like, what the fuck? This is even worse than I could have even imagined. And then it's like Saquon breaks, bust one for a long game. Sterling catches a bomb for a touchdown. And you're like, I can't believe, I can't believe this game's tied right now. <laughs> I can't fucking believe that this game is tied right now. What the hell is going on? And then, uh, you know, pulling it out at the end. I mean, uh, you know, I had a feeling, uh, judging from what everyone's saying, and even from judging by what Saquon has said himself, it's like, okay, this dude is on a motherfucking mission. He is, uh, he's, he's, a, he's just, he is uh, impervious, invincible, indestructible. This guy is uh, no holds barred, 110%, and I feel bad for the players that are going to have to tackle him. And sure enough, it, 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 he, he met and exceeded the hype. We were all expecting him to come back to form. We knew 2020 was a lost season. We knew 2021 was isn't going to be, you know, what it was in 2018 or even 2019. But this is the best he's ever looked. I mean, yeah, rookie season, a lot of jaw dropping moments, but I tweeted this out uh, one game in and, and I'm convinced and maybe maybe I'm kind of overselling or overestimating the Titans defense, but I feel like that's how they have been winning games and been so successful is through their defense and through a, a stout running game. And then we hold Derrick Henry to less than 100 yards, you know, on 21 carries, 82 yards. He didn't really punish us that much. And we were able to gouge their defense with the run, which I thought was huge. And, I, and, I, and you know, you could run the damn ball is all is all I kept going through my head. And I, I'm sure everyone watching that game was just like, run the ball especially after you saw the success in the second half you're like why weren't we doing this before why are we trying to like come up with all these clever crafty passing plays to disguise and mask how shitty our offensive line is or or even our, our receivers at this point because it's like they're not getting open and if they are jones doesn't have any kind of trust in them whatsoever to make the play or make the throw um kind of shocking to see that he was that jones was like only had two or three incompletions i was like wait what how do you what we're watching in the same game like it just was i was incredulous that that he was like what 17 and 21 18 and 21 it was like and with a pick which means he only had like two or three actual incompletions and one of them was a drop by richie james it's just like how the fuck did he have that kind of completion percentage it just didn't feel like we were moving the ball at all through the air and if it was it was like a third and 20 where it's like a dump off to richie james how richie james is getting more snaps i mean wandale robinson goes down with the hip or knee injury or whatever which i tweeted it was like the least surprising news of all time like I, I just I saw him get hit here's what happened you watch Tyreek Hill play and you're like okay this is a smaller stature type dude but he still plays really physical and he's fucking for a small dude he is jacked he's built he's a sturdy strong dude and so a lot of people were painting Wandale Robinson as like this Tyreek Hill-esque type player <coughs> bless bless and so I kind of had it in my head that he was and then I watched him in the game against the Jets I think he had the like this jet sweep or the end around and he and he got tackled and I thought I thought every bone in his body broke it just it just looks like he cannot take a hit it looks like he's about to break every time he does get hit and sure enough he gets injured and i was like well i mean i, I could kind of see that coming i mean the guy is like so small so i don't know what they have planned for him in the future they must have a package but like 
the I, I don't buy any of the excuses that they they have a limited number of packages for Kadarius Tony and they weren't able to use them in the game. When are you gonna use them, guy? We're trying to win the game. Like what why aren't you using them? <laughs> like I could imagine if we were up 38 nothing, you know, big time blowout score. We got the backups in and it's like, all right, we're just running the ball. Like we're just trying to kill the clock and run out the run out, run out the clock. Okay, then your Tony's not gonna play. But like what packages are you talking about? And then the and then the plays that they do give him are I guess they're designed for him so it makes it easier to understand because that's the big that's the the rumor at the water cooler the speculation is that he can't grasp the playbook unless it's a play specifically designed for him which is pretty witty on his on his part that's uh, some devious shit if true but you know it's the the end around handoff it's the it's the uh, the uh, receiver wide receiver pass that he was supposed to attempt but couldn't because he was getting pressured and turned into a positive game every time he touched the ball he was getting positive yardage chunk yards and and yet seven snaps out of 60 plus what the fuck is going on that, and that's what that's what is um bananas to me is like they would rather have like in okay fine richie james is your neck they'd rather have david sills and richie james on the field before Kadarius tony now if he's if the, if there's some kind of injury that they're not really if they feel like they're not 100 they're still not even though he's been cleared he's not on an injury report that they're still worried that if they use him on every snap that his probability of getting injured goes up because of the injury to his foot or whatever he was dealing with in 2021 i guess he doesn't understand the playbook okay i guess i just don't think the the staff likes him because he was a gettleman guy bradbury gone Martinez gone. Evan Ingram gone. Anyone that came onto this team, I guess Evan Ingram wasn't technically Gettleman, but uh, anyone that was part of Gettleman's stable that isn't like borderline elite, like an Andrew Thomas or an Xavier McKinney, it's like they're they're automatically in uh, bad favor with the the coaching staff. It's it's bonkers. It's bonkers. Why would you throw David Sills out there? Uh, zero catches. I mean, wide open down the sideline. Daniel Jones is not even looking at him. Why do you have even Kenny Galladay? Why is he on? On the field, dude. 60, he played majority of the snaps, if not all the snaps, 80 some odd plus percentage, I think. Two catches on like four targets, I think it was, or like three, two, it might have been two targets for like 20 yards. I would rather take a guy who doesn't know the playbook, who can make plays, than Kenny Galladay at this point. Wouldn't you? I mean, I don't understand. Uh, you freak. Honest to God, forget that he's on the team during games. Jesus Christ. So it's it, you know, and and with God, it's a salary thing. It's like we, there's 17 million whatever in dead cap. He'd be he'd be he'd be so gone if it wasn't for his salary. And then they they get Darius Slayton to take a pay cut, and they don't even dress him. You have David Sills and Richie James starting and playing over Kadarius Tony, Darius Slayton, and getting more targets than Kenny Galladay. I mean. Are we in the upside down? Are we in fucking bizarro land? Holy smokes, dude. But this is not supposed to be a negative goddamn episode, dude. It's not supposed to be. It's gotta be positive. I mean, the Giants won this game almost as much as the Titans lost this game. I mean, the Titans made some really bad decisions, some really bad play calling, had every opportunity to put this game away and didn't up 13, nothing and a half. And then not using Derrick Henry. I mean, there was a, there was one point where it was like third and one or third and two or something like that. And they run an end around with the tight end and the fucking broadcaster who has zero affiliation with like Tennessee or New York or the Giants or the Titans or anything like that. It's like, you have Derrick Henry in the backfield. What are you doing? <laughs> like, 
what are you doing? So, uh, yeah, I think the Titans, I mean, even on the, the last sequence where it's like you get the big completion of Phillips along the sideline on Darnay Holmes. So it's like, is Darnay Holmes falling out of favor? Probably. And you're in, you're in field goal range. You're at the 27. And then you have like Tannehill kind of take the snap and then go over all the way to the right hash. So instead of centering the ball, he's all the way on the right hash, which I guess is the hash that Bullock likes it, Fat Randy, and lose yardage. And then he has to kick the field goal and he, he misses. Is it so? I mean, it's what are we? What you know? You could say what are we? What are we talking about if he hits that field goal? It's same old Giants. Uh, defense falters when it matters most at the end of the first half, at the end of the game, which has been a crutch, a crux for them for the past three years, two years, and we're saying the same old thing. But I think it can't be understated that Dable's decision to go for it and to go for two after the touchdown, I think was the is going to be like, I I know this is an overreaction and it's overreaction Tuesday now because I didn't do overreaction Monday. Complete overreaction on my part, but that's the defining moment of the season and of his tenure. For 2022, that is the defining moment. Going for two on the road, like against a top-notch team, a, a pretty good defense and saying go win the ball game that means a lot to the team and the fact that the team and saquon responded you know i don't think that 2021 saquon converts that two-point conversion i just don't think he does but that's a huge defining moment and i think even though the defense didn't really rise up and stop the the titans i mean i think if you have if you if we're looking at this later on the season and they're in that same situation i don't think darney holmes is on the field or you know hopefully fingers crossed he's better and it doesn't have to hold and can actually keep up with people man to man and the slot or we, we find someone else to move into that slot and and, and they can uh, they can keep up but uh I, getting back to Jones like I just didn't think it was a great game but then you look at his stat line you're like holy okay that's a actually pretty good stat line if you you know someone was doing the you know doing the math and if you were to extrapolate that it's like 34 touchdowns 17 interceptions and you know X amount of yards X amount of completion percentage you know QBRs up and the rating QB ratings high and it's like yeah but you watch that game and I, I, I I'm telling you and I know that people are, are uh, pissed that there are Giants fans thinking like this and that are bashing Daniel Jones. But like even I've had two days to digest this. I still am cannot fathom how he fucking threw that interception on third and eight in the red zone inside the Titans 10 in the fourth quarter driving for a score. Such a bad throw. And then I saw the all 22. 22- all 22 from Talking Giants. They have a, a pod that's awesome. Bobby Skinner was doing the all, O-line report and he shows the all 22 with the interception. And it's like, he wasn't getting pressured really on that play. And if he's throwing back shoulder, it's a, sh- it's, a, I mean, not even close to being back shoulder. And literally the dude is just, the dude didn't have to do much of anything to pick the ball off. It's not like he had made a great play. And it's like, if he had just given it an extra like half second to a second, which he had with the protection he had, he had had either Shepard or Galladay, some crosser from right to left, right at the goal line. That's like it's a touchdown. And he, you know, he missed, obviously we talked about how he missed Sills down the left, uh, left, uh, left line. People are like knocking him for under throwing Shepard on a touchdown. I'm not going to knock him for that. But there was a another third down where I want to say it's not zero coverage, but maybe it was zero coverage where it's like all out blitz. There's zero people in the middle of the field, no linebackers. And you have Tanner Hudson tight end moving from left to right on like a crosser slant in, and then you have. Rich 
Archie James kind of right behind him. There's no one in front of Tanner Hudson. And it's just like you hit him and he's able to not only get the first down, possibly score. And so he, he opts for Archie James. It's like he just like it's your four. We endured the dumb red zone interceptions, the big red zone interception against the Steelers on opening night last year or the year before. We endured throwing the pick against the Rams in LA when they were driving to tie up the game. We endured, like, we've seen this shit over the first three years, and we, for the most part, have excused it. I know I have excused it. I've been uh, on the Dan wagon for a while. But I, I, after that interception, I was like, come on, dude. You're, you're better than this. You have to be better than this. I've supported you for three fucking years in this bullshit. You, you have to be better than this. And so that's why it was so nice and comforting to see Dayball get in his face and bitch him out and ream him out on the sideline. It's like, no, we're not. No, 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 no. You're not a rookie anymore. You're not in your second year. You're not in your third year. You're in your fourth year. You're wearing the captain thing. You got to lead. Like, this is not. Nope, 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 nope. Uh, we're not coddling you anymore. We're not going to baby you anymore. You made a big mistake. I'm going to make sure that you, I'm going to push your head in the mess like you would a dog and say no and be forceful. Tough love, dude. Tough love. He needs it. And, he, and did he play better after it? I think he played a little bit better after it. So he just gets locked in. Like, why are you locking in on Richie James? Why are you locking in on Saquon? It felt like he was just, those were his only two options. And it's like, dude, you have Shep, you have Galladay, you have Bellinger, you have Hudson, you have, you have, uh, Tony. Hopefully if he's in the freaking game, like spread it around, brother, sprinkle my man. So, but again, humongous win. And now after what happened to the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football with uh, Dak breaking his thumb, probably being out six to eight weeks, but knowing how things go, he'll probably be back in four, but he's out. The Panthers lost to the Browns. Now people are like, how could they lose the Browns? Oh my God. And their home turf. And it's like, the Browns aren't, I mean, they're not that bad. I mean, they made the playoffs in 2020. They were close to, I mean, they should have, they play a lot of close games last year. They probably could have made the playoffs if Baker wasn't like the walking dead and like literally in a, a, a walking ambulance for the, for the infirmary ward, the entire goddamn season and all the other crap that they were dealing with. I mean, that's a playoff team. They can run the ball. Their defense is pretty good, you know? So I, I don't know that you can chalk up next week to an automatic victory, an automatic win. I mean, I have as a guaranteed win, but that's me. I mean, if you looked at my bet slip from the weekend, <laughs> not hitting that well. My average is down. It's low. It's like Tomas Nito, Darren Ruff, James McCanlow. Speaking of, no, before we get in the Mets, I do want to say it's going to be a home opener for the for the Giants against the Panthers. I, I wanted to go. I put out the, the text group text last a uh, couple of weeks ago last weekend being like uh, anyone want to go to the open opener and it was home opener and it was like crickets all right cool you would think they maybe changed their mind after they saw what happened potential of going 2-0 and with looking at possibly 3-0 and and then 4-0 because you got the Bears and the Cowboys and it's like yes the Bears beat the freaking 49ers which kicked me out of my elimination pool survivor pool you know whatever maybe Chicago is not like to be taken lightly and maybe Carolina is not to be taken lightly either because because the word on the street is, I mean, the Titans wide receivers are, are like pretty brutal. I mean, you went from having Julio Jones and AJ Brown to some dude named Phillips and Robert Woods. I don't even know who the other guy was. Like that receiving core is not great. So understandably, it's like we're going up against probably a better passing offense and our secondary. And uh, we've shown that our coverage isn't great. 
Tate Crowder. Yeah. Lays the smackdown on Derrick Henry. Great. But there's also like 60 some odd other snaps where it's like, especially in coverage where he's getting beat. Austin Calitro, who is like a ball hawk in the preseason, is like, he's getting beaten coverage. And it's just like, well, I think we know the the secret to our demise, to our to our lack of success. It's going to be linebackers and coverage. And it's like, we're going up against Christian McCaffrey. It's like, they're just going to like fucking run him, run our linebackers ragged. So, uh, you know, but still, I think we have a pretty decent shot at going 2-0, especially since I don't think the Carolina defense is as highly billed as the Titans defense, you know. And I, you know, I, sure, the Titans didn't execute and they had they made some really bonehead decisions, but you have, like, it's hard to ignore what kind of job that Wink Martindale did with the defensive game. Oh my God. You get down 13 nothing at half and you figure, all right, this is where we just get our doors. Like, it's basically the, the fourth, the Q4 of 2021 for us, you know. There were games in November, December of 2021 where it's like, we're just getting fucking smoked and there's no chance of us doing anything to stop it. 34 nothing, 34-3. Like, just getting multiple, multiple double-digit score uh, deficits. And it's like, that's kind of like what it looks like it was going to be in the second half. And instead, we just get pretty solid play, you know? I mean, other than that last drive, I think, and that was mostly on Darnay Holmes. I don't think that was really on anyone else. I mean, zero pressure, absolutely no pressure from the, the pass rush, which is concerning, but you had, you were down Kayvon and you were down Aziz. You didn't have Ojolari, you didn't have Thibodeau. And I don't know that we're going to get them back for week two. Would be nice. But can you imagine what this defense can be like with them back? We're back, back in the New York groove. Yeah. So it's amazing what the win does because now it's like, maybe we can win the division. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> I watched that Eagles game and even though the final score is 38, 35, they looked, they just look good and it's hard. But then again, it's like against Detroit. So you're like, how real is this? Like they scored on almost every drive they did offensively. So, and, and AJ Brown, I mean, is going to be a fucking nightmare for us. Like he had some like, six catches in the second quarter by second quarter ended up with like 155 yards receiving or something like that i mean he's gonna be a problem and then you have Devonte white or Devonte smith on the other side wreaking havoc dallas goddard uh this fucking gainwell guy brightwell gainwell no we got brightwell they got gainwell boston scott's always an always a pain in our ass so yeah i think the eagles offense probably has their act together now even with everyone you know who's come down hard on jalen hurts and knocked him i still feel like he poses a threat, you know, with his legs. But their defense, I guess, I might have over, I, I don't know. I felt like their defense was doing such a great job, but then it's all of a sudden you look up and it's like, whoa, it's fucking 38, 35 right now. Like the Lions are just like finding ways to move the ball and score. I mean, Goff started off that game so poorly. It was like, was it two of seven for like six yards? It's like, okay, Eagles are going to roll. And then you had uh, DeAndre Swift break out. Was it Jameson Williams? He, I like that dude a lot. He's cool but uh so it seems like the commanders i mean you know they beat the jags the jags you got to figure are, are probably better than they were last year because just of the fact that urban meyer's not there and doug peterson that's some bitch is the head coach now and they only lose by six to, to jags only lose by six to the commanders so is that real you know and you look at what the cowboys put up you know they they're missing their left tackle they're now missing their starting quarterback it seems like they're missing some wideouts that can make a difference like cd lamb was pretty much held in check all night because because who else who else is a threat to you Dalton Schultz you know I think Gallup might be hurt or something I mean there were guys on the the Cowboys I've never heard of they're they're making getting the bulk of the targets
nuggets in the in the receptions. It's just like, and okay. After a six hour time span, eight hour time span, in eight hours, I've gone from, okay, we're going to get like a top five draft pick to we might actually win this fucking division. <laughs> It's absurd. You know, watch us come out this week and get just steamrolled on our home turf. It'd be like, oh, why did, why did I get so high? But could you imagine we go 2-0? Could you imagine? I just, I was, that first half, it was just, you question. You're like, like, are Dable and Shane just like, there was a, the thought crossed my mind where it was like, okay, they're just throwing in the towel already. They're just like pass on this entire season because of everything they've done. It's like, we might as well get rid of Blake Martinez because he's not part of the long-term future. Anyone who's not part of the long-term future, who's not gonna like cost them an arm and a leg. They're like, all right, we'll just let it ride. Let it, let it ride. Like, let it ride. Broncos Nation. So, but they don't, they pull out the win and it seems like the players that are getting the playing time like them. <laughs> I don't know how Darius Slayton feels about him. I don't know about Darius Tony feels about him, but it seems like most of the team is bought into it. And uh, I mean, it's a huge signature win. And if they can carry that momentum, you know, you, I mean, you could, you know, I'm, I'm jinxing the piss out of it. So I don't want to say it, but God damn, how do you not get a little bone juice percolating looking at their schedule? I mean, the Packers in London, but it's London and maybe the Packers aren't who we thought they were. And then the Ravens. So yeah, I mean, you very well could look at a four and two start heading into heading into Jacksonville, followed by the C. I mean, the Seahawks in Seattle is going to be an issue because even with Geno Smith at the helm, I can't. You know, they beat the fucking Broncos. Like, okay, cool. The Texans and the Texans are no joke either. I mean, like the Colts are like the per, like pretty much the favorite. I think it's either them or the Titans in the AFC South. So for the Texans to come up and and send that game in overtime and end up with a tie against the Colts, like I don't think the Texans or anything to sneeze at. I think Lovey Smith it might have something cooking down there. And then the Lions, which after what I saw against Philadelphia, like they're not they're not gonna be a pushover. But if we can just get to that second Cowboys game, either on or before Thanksgiving, like if you can get to let's say we pull it off, pull it off, pull it off. Four, two, five and two. I'll do five and three, six and three, seven and three. If you can get to seven and three with that remaining schedule, I like our odds. Because from Thanksgiving on, I mean, that's where that's where men be, that's where boys become men. That's that's the the long road to perdition. <laughs> I mean, Cowboys, Commanders, Eagles, Commanders, Vikings, Colts, Eagles. Oh, I mean, I don't care how crappy other teams are in our division. They're always tough to play. And we have four division games in a row. Whew. And the Vikings are looking like they could be NFC North champions after the what they did to Green Bay. But this is also seems like it's the type of situation where Green Bay does this almost every year where like they have an early season loss that they were expected to win. Everyone panics and then Aaron Rodgers is like relax and then they end up going on a run and then they lose in the playoffs. So, you know, it's insane how I went from we're not going to be able to win more than seven and a half games to we will win seven games by Thanksgiving. (laughs) All because of a missed field goal, dude. Yikes. Oh, my God. So stupid.